an absolute sucker for all holiday music. I don't care if it's Andy Williams. I freaking love the Carpenters. But if you're ever looking to add new stuff to your collection, you know, like if you've got a playlist that rotates and just rolls around while you're, I don't know, trimming the tree or wrapping your presents or whatever you're doing to celebrate the holiday season, I don't know, maybe you're out sacrificing a lamb because you're a pagan. I don't know the answer. I don't know what you're into. Whatever it is that you do to celebrate midwinter, Los Straitjackets. To watch them, they wear suits and they have luchadoro masks on, and they also play some of the greatest surf-inspired music of all time, but they've got this incredible Christmas catalog. I tell you, you just pull that whole album and throw it into the mix, and it will add the right kind of spice, a little something, to bring your holiday playlist up to speed, or well, within 15 years ago. Do you have mistletoe that you put up at your house? I don't. So we do. There's been enough kissing. Already, all right? Well, I threw out to my wife. I'm like, you know, this is really weird. I just thought of this, but they have mistletoe for kissing. There should be like second base, you know, that you should be able to get to. Settle down. I'm just saying it's the holiday season. You I should mean, be able to, I get it. We've been together for 27 years. Yeah. Just kind of, hey, honey, I just okay, happened to so notice you. <laughs> what, what, plant, what plant are you going to use I don't know. for the second base? I just base? came up with it, but I think there's yeah, something no, to this. There's I a think, song in there, too. I think you need to relax, is what I think. Also, what, I don't even know point. where you get mistletoe, and I'm not hanging up some plastic crappy sprig yeah. up above a doorway just so there can be kissing. Yeah. Unless it's my cat, Jackson. Aw, sweet Jackson. But you know what? He doesn't even need mistletoe to get a kiss. It's the Brian Oak Show. This is episode, where are we at? 210. Yeah, something Ish. like that. All right, very Maybe good. Maybe 211. It doesn't matter. We are here to do another episode, and we are recording in the Smart Start MN Studios, located near 48th in Chicago in South Minneapolis. A beautiful area, a beautiful time of year. A brief cold snap came through this week, yeah. but already it's going to be snowy and 37 again tomorrow. They're talking about 50 again next week. Yes. And if I... I'm happy about it. I don't... You know, we can have snow the day before Christmas. And I will good. I will karate fight you after the podcast outside if you ever say something like that again. With your bird-like hands? I, I just can't Oh, see no, it. look at those wrists. They would snap. They would They would <laughs> s- snap like breadsticks. No, I guess, you know what? I take that back. I will not one, karate fight one you. One good chop, though, could do me in. Yeah, well, but I better make that first one count <laughs> yeah. before I crumble in dust. Exactly. Um, I just, I, I feel like this is the time of year, right? So I took a little nap before I came over here to help record the podcast, what little part i do here and i normally just drink black coffee right but i took an ill-advised nap and i was sleepy and i drove past a caribou and i thought you know what i'm getting a coffee and then i looked at the menu i haven't gone through a caribou drive-thru in years literally years and nothing personal just wasn't in the mood and i used to be a mocha guy it's all i ever got and all of a sudden i looked at the dazzling array of drinks on the left side of the menu and i'm like a minty mocha? And then I got even more confused when the guy in the speaker was like, milk chocolate or dark chocolate? I'm like, oh, dark chocolate. Ooh. Yes, please. I wanted something exotic, and I got it. And holy cowboy, this tastes like 8,000 calories, and I'm not at all disappointed with my choice. When you go get coffee, are you a regular black coffee guy or are you a fancy coffee I'm guy? I'm all over the place. Yeah? Yep. All over the shop. Yep. I just got a nice Americano just because I got a... Go do some more work after this, and I'm like, I need to be up for it. Okay. Yeah. 
Drinking coffee in the afternoon. Yep. That's the kind of reckless, incredible danger you get from the Brian Oak Show, which is made possible by Smart Start MN. Smart Start MN is Minnesota's original ignition interlock company. What does that mean? It means that long ago, they sat down with people at the legislature and the judiciary and literally put together the ignition interlock program here in Minnesota. Don't drink and drive. But if you do drink and drive, you're going to need to get back into your car. They will get you back in sooner and for less money than you ever might expect as possible. They still won't let us say the price. I don't know, because how do they keep the prices so low? Volume, I guess, is the end. I have no idea. <laughs> it's inexpensive, we'll say that, it, compared it, to not driving. Oh, my. Well, And compared to what you think it might be and the way everything else goes when you get a DUI. If you go to smartstartman.com slash the Brian Oak Show, you'll get 20% off the installation of the ignition interlock system. So today, we have a guest that we're going to get to momentarily who I have been an unapologetic fanboy of for a very long time. I think she writes incredible music. I think she's a really, really great, inspiring singer-songwriter. But there are only a handful of people that I've ever seen live across the entire spectrum of my life. And I've seen a lot of shows where they have this thing that you literally can't take your eyes off them when they're playing live. And then they go and compound it when you meet them afterwards that they're actually cool as hell. Lissy uh, is going to be in town performing Friday at the Parkway Theater, very, very close to the Smart Start MN studio, and she is our guest, actually live in studio, and she brought a friend who we'll meet coming up in just a little bit. In the meantime, though, let's continue to dive deeper into the holiday spirit. As I told you, I love all things holiday. I like the classics. I like the weirdo outlier stuff. I just, I like to mix it up, and I can listen to holiday music, but again, We don't start in September. We don't start before Halloween. We really, in my humble opinion, don't even start before Thanksgiving. But man, that one special month of this music, again, I don't have to work retail, so I don't get real mad about it. I know there's some people who want to die every time they hear a holiday song. But man, this is one of my all-time favorites. Lena Horne with Let It Snow on The Brian Oak Show. The weather outside is frightful But the fire is so delightful And since we've no place to go Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow It doesn't show signs of stopping And I've brought along some corn for popping The lights will turn way down low Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow When we finally Good night How I hate going out in the storm But if you really hold me tight Say all the way home I'll be warm The fire is slowly dying And my dear, we're still goodbye But as long as you love me so Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow Finally. 
the most wonderful time of the year, Sean. It really is. And well, I, you know what? Here's the deal. I'm so behind on shopping, but that's nothing different. I do it every single year. I wait until the last minute, and then, I don't know, everybody gets Lindor chocolate balls, which, by the way, you can't really be mad at because they're freaking amazing. <clears throat> but I do love the music. I do love the time of year. I love the cold. I'm not happy about the heat coming back. What I am happy about coming back is an artist who performs in South Minneapolis this coming Friday at the Parkway Theater. Uh, Lissy who burst onto the scene, I don't know, again, I'm not trying to age anybody because she is young and youthful, Um, but it was more than a decade ago, and she came out of the Midwest, like most of us, and then moved to California to do the thing, right? And then at some point realized, you know what, you can do the thing from anywhere. And then she moved back to Iowa, and she got herself a farm, and her songwriting has only improved over the years. I am an unrepentant super fan, so I'm trying not to be a total Dorcas Malorcas about this, but I'm (laughs) Super fucking excited that Lissy is here. Hi, Lissy. Hi, O'Brien. It's so great to be here. Thank you for um, for having me and for all those kind words. I. They're all true. And again, you and I go back a little ways, right? I mean, like, you've performed at Oak on the Water, which is what I used to do with my old radio station, Cities 97. I've gone out to see you no less than a half dozen times in other places since then. And it's good to see you again, right? I mean, you you know, you get to know certain people. You get to learn something about them. And um, I'm really excited that you're coming back. And I'm glad you're doing this show at the Parkway because they're good people over there. Oh, I, I absolutely adore Jessica and everyone at Parkway, um, they actually were really good to me during the pandemic. I I did a couple live streams mm-hmm. from the stage and mm-hmm. they just made it so safe, but like fun and special kind of felt like, oh, we're working again, you know. So I have like nothing but love for Parkway and they've become kind of, you know, an ice house has been awesome yeah. as well. I did right. some socially distanced outdoor shows with ice house Um but, you know, living back in the Midwest now, I feel kind of, not quite like a local, but, you know, like I'm only a few hours away. So yeah. I I like that I get to bump into you from time to time over the years <laughs> now that I'm closer by. And um, yeah. yeah, I know in, 2020, in 2010 when I put Catching a Tiger out, I right. mean, I was still living in California. And coincidentally, the Twin Cities was like kind of showing me the most love of probably of anywhere in the U.S. So. Well, and that's good. I mean, the whole regional thing is, it's crucial, right? I mean, and it makes it a little easier. There's one thing about booking a nationwide tour, but if you can jump around the region, and there's lots of cool stuff going on around here, that's ideal. So let's add, let's talk about that before we go back too far. Um, when you talk about pandemic life, I mean, it's weird. Sean and I started this podcast literally at the dawn of a global pandemic, right? And really so, good timing for not us. Really, no, not, <laughs> yeah. not, actually not. Um, but we've done it and we've maintained it. And here we are more than 200 episodes in. But it changed the nature of what we do and how we do it. And it obviously impacted artists. And Sean and I are both huge music heads. And that's what I said is I love your albums. I own them all. And I even just bought the anniversary edition of your debut, Catching a Tiger, which is out oh, now, yeah. by the way. Despite the delays in the supply chain, it is out and widely available so people can get it. And it's great, but you've been making music the entire time. And as I said, I really like 
the way you approach your songwriting, but there is something about you live, so I'm very excited that you're playing on Friday night. I'm a big, big fan of watching you live, but as we're talking about the pandemic, it had to change, right? And so you have this thing, and again, it's hard for me to describe, and it's weird for me to tell you about it to your face, but this thing that you do when you're live that as good as the songs are, I can't take my eyes off you. I don't know if it's an X factor. I don't know if it's a charisma. I don't know if it's something you exude while you perform. And I just wonder, do you, is part of that what you're getting back from the audience? And if so, when you have to do something remote or live streamed, does it change the dynamic for you when you perform live? Yeah, well, absolutely. And I mean, I think there's different layers and levels to why I am an artist. And I mean, what a great compliment for you to um, feel so strongly. Like, I do think when I perform live, like, you know, vocally, at least, you know, there's just a there's a lot of release. You know, I put a lot of emotion and a lot of, um, you know, these primal feelings that are almost not even my own. I mean, I think it's just like the universal human experience of like, you know, all the ups and downs that we all kind of universally face that are kind of this like primal way that I think sometimes when I'm really in it and in the moment that I sing from that place that um, maybe in that realm. But I, I definitely do think that, you know, you feed off the audience's energy. So, yeah, not being able to go be in a room full of people and especially, you know, I find that I have I feel that I attract like nice people to my shows. So it's like (laughs) not just a room full of people, but people who are also being really courteous to one another. You know, you go to other concerts and their people can be rude or pushy or or too cool for school or I don't know. But, you know, I feel like people kind of become friends at my shows. Even I think there's like kind of it's it's also about creating an environment for people to feel their feelings and to feel like they're in a safe place, you know? So there's so many components to it. That being said, like the live stream stuff was also really special. Cause it was just, it was something after nothing and kind of like a, it took a minute to get used to like not doing anything musically, but I will say in a roundabout way, I think not that there's anything good about the pandemic, you know, it's been a real tragedy for a lot of people, but I, I kind of had to face a lot of things in myself that getting attention from lots of people allowed me to um, ignore. Yeah, well, you know? <laughs> fine. I mean, you know, look, any kind of growing or healing that happens under any circumstance, no matter what else is going on, cannot be a bad thing. Also, what I found from a lot of artists, because, of course, over the course of the pandemic, we're talking to almost exclusively musicians, but lots of other guests have been on the show. But what happened is with these shows, suddenly people who would not have had the chance to see you live are getting to enjoy the experience. And so that's pretty cool for those people. I mean, they were going to be tucked away in a yurt somewhere, anywhere or whatever. (laughs) And so for them to be able to be part of that experience, there is even amongst the darkness or the weirdness, there's some growth and there's some expansion, right? Yeah, and I mean, heading into it, no one knew what, what to do. I mean, I think I did my first Instagram live kind of the week that the pandemic happened and like, you know, like a thousand of people just on the, in the moment kind of just hopped on. Mm. Cause it was like a novelty. If I, I'm sure if I did one now, like 50 people would hop on. Cause I think people, <laughs> you know, it like kind of like every time I'd live stream, like less people would do it, but you're right. It's like the people who live in Brazil where I have never been able to go mm. and play 
you know, I even had done some like virtual meet and greets before the shows. So people who live in places like, yeah, I don't really probably it doesn't make financial sense to get there or with my band, so on and so forth, like to, yeah, I can come into their living rooms and speak to them through their screen to a degree. But I think the real thing's probably better. But, well, no, it's, yeah. it's absolutely better. But I mean, but that's, there's got to be something cool about that where, you know, I mean, we do live in a different era now. Right. And so I, I mean, like, you know, you're obviously an established artist and your music has reach. But to see someone eagerly looking at your face through a Zoom meeting or an Instagram video or whatever it might be from a part of the world that you've literally never set foot in, that's got to be gratifying to know that your music's reached somebody. Oh, gosh, absolutely is. I mean, it does. It feels really, really special. I mean, I know that sounds oversimplified, but it does. It feels special. It feels crazy to me when people, I meet people or hear from people who it's like they had some major life moment and my song was like a part of it it still blows mm. my mind like it feels like it, like oh yeah i do that that's me <laughs> <laughs> i hate to break it to you but it is and this coming friday evening the 10th of december parkway theater a special christmas eve or holiday eve uh evening of music so let me ask what is that going to look like like do you do your music do you do holiday classics what does that night look like for you yeah well i mean so to be honest i i really wasn't thinking i was going to be playing any shows until march and i think for what whatever reason there was this last minute opportunity i mm. mean just a couple of weeks ago to uh do this friday night show at parkway and mm-hmm. you know i i do band stuff and i do this a lot of solo acoustic mm-hmm. stuff of late just because the logistics are kind of easier in a sense to show up with my guitar but i felt like if i was going to do this thing friday night um that i needed to kind of switch it up you know I did that with the live streams, too. It's like it needs to, whether I add a lead guitar player or a piano player or however. So I'm actually a, a guy that I play piano with. Uh, Joe is coming, um, and he and I are going to rehearse actually tonight and tomorrow. And we're just like learning probably like eight Christmas songs together. I won't play the guitar. I'm just singing. Really? I'm going to wear a, a green velvet jumpsuit. Go and on. <laughs> Go on. Maybe. Like, like a Joan Jett kind of jumpsuit? What are we talking about? No, like... A green jumpsuit? Like, like, or more like a mechanic? No, like a... Like a, a jump's not like a mechanic. Like a... Like a jolly elf. I'm trying to think of Joan Jett jumpsuit. I mean, Joan like Jett a, jumpsuits are very form-fitting, and generally they have more glitter on them, and they're black and red and that kind of stuff. Yeah, like that kind of, but not that exciting. It's just, <laughs> I went to Von Mar and, at know. the Moline, oh, Illinois, Von South Mar. Park Mall, and the woman, I was looking for something comfortable and festive. Okay. And, uh, um, like, where, because I kind of feel like I have kind of a gut right now, too, so I was like, is Welcome there something? Welcome to the club, Lucy. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the club. I know. It's like... <laughs> What is happening? I'm getting older, whatever. But no, I was like something comfortable and like flattering. And she pulled out this green velvet jumpsuit. And you're like, that's the one. Yeah, because I'm not known for like my like stage attire. Like, you know, I wear jeans and t-shirt. So I was like, oh, I'll I'll bring my little tinsel tree and we're going to (laughs) decorate and I'll wear something festive and Joe will too, I think. And, you know, we'll just, we'll chat and hopefully have some laughs and just sing some Christmas music. And then I'll do some of my own songs. Um. I also started this like popcorn company, just unrelated. We're going to talk and about I'm that. Just bring a bunch ahead. of popcorn. Okay, so don't don't pop that <laughs> balloon yet because oh, well. I have a friend 
who literally oh, yeah. in the last year has not shut up about your popcorn. Really? So, no, no, yeah. we're, we're going to talk about that coming up just ahead. Let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. Okay. In fact, I don't like to get too far into the show without hearing some more music. Okay. Um, we have a song right here from Catching a Tiger. Now, I asked you, what would you like to play from your own catalog? And you chose this. So will you tell me about the song and why this is the one you wanted to play? Yeah, I mean, everywhere I go off Catching a Tiger, it's actually a song that almost didn't even make it on to the album because I wasn't sure if it was really done. And of course, like you hear those stories um, that it ended up being like a lot stronger than I even realized. But, you know, I wrote it in my Hollywood apartment and I was just kind of feeling like existential dread. You know, I moved to L.A. and (laughs) it's like, am I going to be okay? Like, who am I kidding? Like, why did I move to L.A. to be a singer? Like, what? Like, but I kind of had this feeling of like, you're going to be okay. Like, just keep going. Like, something will look out for you, you know, there's goodness out there. And so it was a really pure song to have written. And just it's still all these years later, like, I never tire of singing it. And I'll fall on my knees. Tell me how's the way to be. All that I should know And I'll fall On my knees Tell me how's the way to go Tell me how's the way to be To evoke some empathy
it's weird in retrospect, right? I mean, like we all benefit from hindsight, but to think that you're like, eh, that one almost didn't make the record. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, seriously. Yeah, well, you know, and it didn't make the like actual because I recorded most of the first album in Nashville, mm-hmm. and like the song, it just wasn't quite done. Like it didn't have bridge or. I don't know. It was just the oddest thing. I was like, I know I like it, but I haven't quite figured it out yet. And I'm not ready to do it yet. And so like I had actually finished making the album in Nashville with like this band and with Jakir King and then ended up kind of after that recording this with Bill Reynolds, who's a longtime friend and music producer, uh, former member of Band of Horses. He was like my roommate sometimes in Ojai, California, where I'd lived. Right. And so we just recorded that in my in my the office of this house that I rented, kind of on the laptop, really. <laughs> so funny. Do, do yeah. you find that over the years, of all the years you've done this, that your relationship with your songs continues to change? Like, not necessarily embarrassment or regret, but like you go back and you listen, you're like, oh, you know, we should have done this with that. Or Because I feel like that's got to be like your relationship with anything you create, be it a painting or a sculpture or a song. Sometimes you're like, no, that's great. But then later on you're like, God, we could have done this right there. I mean, do you, do you find yourself second-guessing yourself about the things you've created? You know, I would say, thank goodness, not really. And sometimes I think I'm actually in a situation right now with someone who almost second-guesses to the point of, like, paralysis. <laughs> and I'm... <clears throat> whereas I'm in the opposite, where I'm like, no, it's good, it's fine, yeah. you yeah. know? And so I think my relationship to my songs change and just the meaning they have. Like, I have old songs that I didn't really like as much mm. that now I really like. Yeah. They were the songs that other people kind of pushed me like, no, that one's good. And I'm mm. like, really? I don't think it's good. And uh-huh. would do it and then and then be like, oh, yeah, all these years later, like, I really like this song that I thought I didn't really care all that much <laughs> for. But no, I mean, I what would be the point of that, I suppose, to go back and, you know, I probably could do that if you played something for me and be like, oh, yeah, I would have done that different. would have done that different. But... I I can't think like that. I drive myself crazy. No, exactly. That's why I ask. I just, you know, I know like knowing when to say when to me is one of those great gifts or a a skill or a level of willpower that I've never had. I don't know when something's finished. I don't know when we've arrived at the destination. You did use two words that follow me around and have followed me for more than 50 years now. Even when I was little, uh, you said that that song came from a place of existential dread. Those two words are very powerful words. And I think something that at some point everybody unless they're really really confident has to experience right and and now with where you're at in your life and having moved to Iowa and settled in on the farm and you know as we get older one of the cooler things about getting older one of the only cool things frankly is becoming more comfortable in your own skin have you shed existential dread or is it still something that haunts you like a specter in the darkness um no I haven't shed it and I don't think I ever will although it's less overwhelming at least at this stage of my life I don't know if that's like age too like I've mellowed out a lot um I think I kind of just know more now like what what works for me and what doesn't you know but no I definitely still have it just maybe not quite as much I mean I I was thinking even today I don't know why just even like my college years of and I dropped out of college but just I can think of all these times in my life where I just felt like I like was in agony like all the time like everything felt I felt everything like so much (laughs) and there was so much unknown and everything was just so intense and I mean sometimes I like miss that version of myself because I think I have really mellowed out because it was just too much to feel so much Mm -hmm. all the time 
you can't you can't do it. You can't do it every damn day. Yeah. Lissy has got a holiday winter's eve coming up at the Parkway Theater on Friday, December tenth. We'll talk more with Lissy in one moment. We do have to mention uh, Forgotten Star Brewing. Forgotten mm-hmm. Star Brewing, a sponsor of the show. They have got this iconic, incredible World War II manufacturing facility turned into a state of the art brewery, but not one of those that stretches on for blocks and blocks. They do no. a really cool job. It's a beautiful, beautiful indoor and outdoor space they have there. When you pull up, you will see the iconic two stacks soaring into the sky. They're right on the railroad tracks in Fridley, and they do a good job. They're good people. They make refreshing beverages, from what I understand. They're not weird beverages. They're just straight ahead. No, not overly arted is how I like to refer to people who put too many ingredients in their beer or cider or tinctures or whatever. They're just good people. And they've got lots of live music. They've got comedy coming up in the not-too-distant future. They are dog-friendly inside and out, which as of today, so is the Smart Start MN Studio. Um, Lissy, I remember seeing you years ago, and even the last time I saw you live, your young companion, Byron, would do the most adorable thing I've ever seen, where he was a smaller doggo, and he would climb into your, well, you've got your guitar out, and he would climb into your guitar case and <laughs> flop his chin over the side. Aw, oh, baby boy. Freakishly <laughs> charming. Sadly, and I, I'm not trying to bring up any painful memories, Byron's no longer with us, but you have brought along your newest companion, um, who she is kind of a beast, and <laughs> um, but she finally has decided it's okay here, and on that futon right there that David Anania helped us bring up here, she's decided... It's okay to take a rest here in the Smart Start MN studio. Tell me about Olive. Yeah, Olive's sweet. She's two. She's a Bouvier de Flanders. I'm sorry, one more time? <laughs> Bouvier de Flanders. <laughs> I, hate, uh, I mean, I, I'm not trying to call you bougie, but that is a hell of a name for yeah, a dog right I there. I know. People like have the same reaction as you when I told you earlier. They're like, fancy. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, she came from a farm in Iowa. I got right. her when she was six months. I mean, it's kind of a bigger story because I actually had another dog that died in a mm. really tragic way i sent him to be boarded and they left him in a hot van for like 24 (gasps) hours it was i'm like forever just traumatized and he was the sweetest dog his name was ned he was only 11 months old and when i had told you know the family that i'd gotten the dog from that they're like oh well we didn't you know we're not having more puppies but like we do have a girl that we kept named olive Mm. and then so i ended up meeting her and taking her home and so and my sister-in-law had pointed out and that you know it's like olive like like she seems like an extension of him to me because they weren't the same litter but they had the same parents so she kind of is like the thing that saved me from that like like tragic Mm. awful situation that's one of the worst stories i've ever heard yeah but but having spent some time with olive right now she's also one of the greatest things i've ever seen and so the universe seeks a balance yeah i mean i think that's the thing that's so weird about all i mean life is in and of itself i just every you know bad things happen and I felt so horrible for what he endured and I don't need to go super deep into it but just I uh, ended up having getting Olive in a really awful way but then when I got her and and then the pandemic happened I mean we literally spent every moment of every and like I went through a breakup and just I mean we we have been absolutely inseparable for the last like year and a half and I mean she's like the best 
thing in the world. She's my be- she's my best friend. So. Well, she's a sweetie. I mean that that's what an, an animal companion is supposed to be. In the way, if we can share a picture of how she's laid out right now, well, she likes look to how put comfy her face she is. on my clothes. Well, because she it smells does. like yeah, you. And she loves you. Got, like her head, like rested on my jacket, which is not a small head, by the way. That is a that is a sizable <laughs> animal right there. But she's more than welcome in the Smart Start MN Studios. You talk about lockdown and how you've been inseparable for the last almost two years. You had already moved to a farm, which means that you're not going to have traffic every single day, and you're kind of out in the wilderness. Wilderness is strong, but you know what I mean, right? I'm not saying you're an Alaskan bush person, <laughs> but you you know you live on a farm. Do you still? Are you glad you make the made the choice you did to move to an Iowan farm? Are you are you happy to live on that farm? Do you enjoy the lifestyle still? I do. You know, so when the pandemic had started, I was on a different farm out in Virginia with my ex boyfriend, mm, and. Um, right. I did remember thinking like how fortunate I felt at the beginning of something like that, like not to be in a city mm. and to be like kind of with someone who was growing food and who was, yeah. you know, had access to eggs and chickens, you know, mm. like, right. I mean, you did right. kind of realize like when the supply chain is all screwy and no one knows what what's going to happen, that kind of being a little more self-sufficient and out in nature was a little bit less stressful mm-hmm. as it would be like having to stay inside of like a third story apartment or, you know what I mean? Like there, we, I know exactly what you mean. We could go outside and not see other people, you know, mm-hmm. but, um, the hard thing was when I came back after the breakup that happened during it was like coming back and just being like, I can't play a show. Like I can't, you know, like, there's nothing to like, Distract Distracting. me. <laughs> so, what, what did you do then in in that situation? Uh, I mean, because it's hard for everybody, and I think everybody had to find a path forward. What did you do to occupy your mind, to occupy your time, and to stay as sane as possible? I'm not asking you to delve deep into a breakup because those are right. crushing for everybody. But I mean, you have to find a way forward. How did you find your way forward? I mean, I attribute it to so the back to the farm question, like in as kind of cheesy as it sounds, like growing stuff, like growing food, growing flowers, I don't planting think there's anything trees. Cheesy about it's therapeutic. That. Yeah. Yeah. Even people who have just a garden in their small plot in the backyard, there's something about that that is incredibly satisfying and connects you to something larger, right? Yeah, I mean, there's that saying like a, to plant a garden is to have hope for the future, and I really do come back to that. And also just in seeing how like, you know, it's like the stinkiest of compost makes the most beautiful flowers. And that's a metaphor in and of itself. It's like the shit, literal shit is what makes the most beautiful things sometimes. And I think when I bought my music in that way, you know, I come back to that. I've said that before, but um, yeah, I mean, I'd say that like, and also just like manual labor, you know, I think so much of my identity was tied into being like Lissy and I'm a singer and that's where I put my creativity. But you know, like, I feel like, yes, I'm so honored that I get to have that part of myself, but I kind of got to, like, learn what it was like just to, like, be a person who lived in their house and didn't go anywhere and made friends and folk. And I focused, I had some other creative things I did. I was talking about the popcorn and, but, you know, I mean, full disclosure, like, I, I had a full on, like, mental breakdown last summer. And mm. I think what's so great about that really is how much, I learned about myself and that I got through it and I'm still here and I feel like I am like know so much more than I used to. So there you have, I mean, you know, so if anyone out there just feels like they're like, like just barely hanging on, like you'll get through it. It's never over. Right. And and, and, I mean, 
again, it, time. It, it, it's hard. Time. It, sounds, yeah. it all sounds so cliche, but like sometimes you literally have to get broken into your component pieces to put it back together in a better way, right? <laughs> I think so, and I think... When, I mean, but, but some people, unfortunately, yeah. they don't survive it, right? I mean, like, for some people, they don't see a way out. They don't feel the hope. They don't see a future when that complete breakdown happens. But I'm, I'm with you on that one. It, it will always get better. You will find your way forward, and you have, you have to have some faith in yourself. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing for me, and I, not, I don't know how much we, I can go into you it... You can do whatever you like. ...was having this show here at, at Parkway, because I... I mean, I, I was, I like had to check, I had to check myself into like a, like a psych ward, mm-hmm. like a mental hospital because I couldn't eat and I couldn't sleep. And mm-hmm. <clears throat> I don't know, maybe it's, I should keep that to myself. I haven't really talked about it, but I feel like the thing that I learned was like going there and, and seeing just how awful it was to find myself in that situation because I couldn't eat or sleep. And, you know, I, I've lost like 25 pounds mm-hmm. and like. A month and a half. Like, it was crazy. I looked, actually looked really great now. <laughs> <laughs> See, now, I don't want to laugh at that because no, we're talking about no. mental and physical no, difficulties. No, that's what I tell my friends. But, when I was, like, I mean, not to make light. But. Not a recommended weight loss plan. No, but it wasn't even something I was trying. So just say that, it, and, and the world was so, so creepy. Mm-hmm, and there's right, just so right. much politically and so much discord. And, you know, when George Floyd died and it was the most yeah. heartbreaking thing. And it was like, there's so much pain in the world mm-hmm. on top of like my own personal pain. And like, ah, uh, there's so much pain. But, you know, I will say I had qu- I quit drinking at the, for the time and drinking wine again. But yeah. I didn't drink. I took really good care of myself. I ate really well. I went for lots of walks and I grew stuff and I took baths and I meditated. I mean, I read books like I just I tried to. Be creative on things that weren't like I have to write a hit song so I can be a, a big star. <laughs> right, you know, right, <laughs> I was right, like, right. Well, I'm going to do something like cook, a, cook a meal yeah. or just find ways to find delight in things. And I'd say like I really came back from that. I think more mentally capable and resilient like than ever. So. I you, thought I'd share that. I'm not sure I should have shared all that. But. Well, I mean, and again, we can cut it out if you don't want to That's share it. Okay. But, but I think that it's an important lesson that, you know, I, again, there's all these cliches, right? And social media sort of dulls us to a lot of it. And it's it's easy to roll your eyes. But I, I have a lot of people in my timelines on various forms of social media who talk about the importance of self-care. And like you said, you planted a garden. You took baths. You took walks. You breathed and took it in and i don't think that a lot of times because of the chaos of life that people take the time to do self-assessment again i don't i don't wish a breakdown on anybody but i think that there is a value in there and there's a value in finding the things that fill your day other than the craziness and the paying bills and the running kids to boomerang lessons or whatever the case may be <laughs> yeah, right, right yeah. i mean I, you you have to you have to take a self-assessment unless you're just trying to stumble all the way to the finish line and then call her quits and lay in bed and die you have to find things that make being here make being alive make being aware existing at all worthwhile yeah absolutely and like also not like not being afraid to feel bad like if mm-hmm. you feel bad just feel bad like don't don't try it. to like run like don't run away from it don't numb it don't avoid it like just feel your feelings and let them work all the way through you until they come out the other side because then you'll actually be able to release them instead of just keeping them trapped in your that's so important inside of you yeah. and 
Um, I found too that, yeah, I don't know. Just I think like feel feeling my feelings and like not being able to like I'm gonna move or I'm gonna tour immediately or solve I'm gonna it. Immediately go to solve a party. it. You don't have to yeah. do that. Yeah, it's, it's like, like sit in it for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Sit in it, process it, and let it happen. I, you never know who you're gonna help. So I appreciate you sharing this. We just had an event on Saturday. I told mm-hmm. Brian this off the show, but a guy I'd never met walked up to me. He said I was driving away from my therapy appointment that I was supposed to go to. And he said, I'm listening to your podcast. And you said, if you need help, get it. Like, go do the work and get it. He goes, I literally turned my car back around, went to my therapy appointment. I've been going to it ever since. I'd never met the guy. So you just never know. Even if it's one person that's like, oh, shit, I know exactly what Lissy feels like. And so, so, you know, it's like I I go to therapy. I'm like, there's so what? You know, I'd rather be around people. I said this to both my kids. I said, I'd rather be around people that are work in progress that don't feel like they've arrived. <laughs> yeah. You know, than other people. And so. I think that like, I mean, and I've always been open either way, but I think yeah. like whatever stigma there used to be or like, oh, mm-hmm. you're a crazy person. It's like, well, everyone's a crazy person. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. how could you not be like... The interesting people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that, that's or, or not the, the right word. You yeah, know I, what I, I know, know exactly. But, yeah, yeah. but I mean, like you have to get into it. I mean, so since I quit drinking, I've been better about it. I've been not been quite as loose a cannon, but it doesn't mean it's over. But Sean will attest that in the 210-ish episodes <laughs> of the show we've done, I've opened wept i don't know what's the over under on that one 15 20 63 63 because again but what you said is crucial to me if you're feeling something don't stop it let it happen feel it don't let it consume you don't let it derail your entire life but if you're sad sit there and cry your fucking eyes out yeah. and get it out of your it's a safety valve right it's it's how to be a human we have to get to another song but before we do i do want to talk about your popcorn endeavor, because I have a very dear friend, Amy, who she said she came to see you the last time you were here. I believe you play, played at the Parkway before, yeah. right? Yeah, a couple so months ago. She said, exactly, she was at that show, and she said, oh my God, I want more of her popcorn. And I wrote back, and I'm like, <laughs> do you mean more of the Parkway's popcorn? She's like, nope, I want her caramel popcorn right now. Oh, and I'm wow. like, I'm like, what are we talking about? So I had to do a little digging, because as big a fan as I am of your music, I was not aware of your more, I don't know, edible endeavors, I guess, <laughs> yeah. right? And so it's called Ots Pops Indie Pop, right? Yep. And it is you collaborating with a good friend, and you've decided to do popcorn. Now, before we talk about the product itself, why popcorn? I mean, you could have done anything, right? Why popcorn? Well, uh, is that an Iowa thing? Is that a corn thing? Well, I kind of sometimes, you know, I have this farm and I have acreage, but I'm not a farmer and I just garden and then I was running out the acres. Like I have at times thought like, oh, I would like maybe I could have a popcorn farm or I could grow like have a sunflower oil farm or, you know, I had grown some sunflowers the last couple of years and mm-hmm. I'd need to like get the equipment and like hire people. It's a big thing. Like it's yeah. like a it's like a big dream. And I was like, oh, farming is not a one person operation. Right. Yeah, and the you know the equipment and the skills right. and the knowledge and right. um, but I did uh, ask my friend Diane, so she started this amazing thing called Seed Savers, which is in Decor, Iowa. Which and I, I, again, I don't want to derail it from the popcorn thing, but Seed Savers is to me that's futuristic thinking. Like I like, I love reading dystopian future novels, and I like reading. Um, the way the future could go wrong. Seed Savers is is protecting lineage and horticulture literally for generations to come, right? They're saving seeds of various heirloom products that will 
hopefully last in perpetuity should everything go wrong should the dust bowl return should things go terribly terribly wrong <laughs> oh, I, mean, that's, that, <laughs> yeah. I hate to get dark during the holiday season but i mean isn't that kind of seed savers bit yeah well i think it was they were seeing like so Ot, the name Ot, so Diane is an Ot, mm-hmm. and so there's um, actually Grandpa Ot's Morning Glory is like was the seed they started with. Right. So it was like a the Grandpa, and there were some, some tomatoes, the German pink, and there were these kinds of foods that like you know were the seeds that people had brought with them from Germany or from other countries and were growing on their farms in Iowa. And I think people all over the country had similar stories like. Oh, like my grandpa in Missouri or Mississippi or, you know, like my grandpa had this thing or my grandma had this thing. So they started this movement of like, send us your seeds. Like, we'll we'll grow these things and then we'll save their seeds. Because like an heirloom seed, you can actually save the seed right. and make more food from it. A GMO seed, you can't make any more food from the seeds. But so There's like, kill I mean, gene in it. But so you can, oh, of course there is yeah. because planned obsolescence, right? I don't. Fuck. Um, I don't know. I, a no, lot of we, people we don't on, know that that's the thing. Is that what you say? What you want about GMO? But the if you smush the tomato in like a newspaper and let it dry, I mean those heirloom seeds. Like in theory, you could just go throw it outside and it, more tomatoes would grow. But right, uh, so other kinds of like seeds, like GMO and some hybrids too. It's like well that those seeds might not be fertile. That way, you have to keep buying the seeds. Right dark yeah, i don't, I don't I dig know, it i don't I dig know. it at all so but i mean like so this is a cool idea right this this wide variety the whole panoply of growth out there of these different foods that come from all over so i love seed savers but you team up with your friend diane from seed savers and you're like you know what we're gonna do we're gonna make some killer ass popcorn yeah so long story short so i was a huge fan of diane because she started seed savers and they are doing amazing things and saving these seeds they're in the seed bank and so her and i have become friends and i said you know i've always wanted to start a popcorn company and this was like may pandemic and i like just about to have a nervous breakdown i'm so heartbroken i'm like i need to do something and i was like i, I want to start a popcorn company and i want to have grow popcorn on my farm and she's like oh i have this caramel corn recipe that I've always wanted to sell that like was like my grandma's and is like in my family. Um, so, so she wanted, you know, she had this caramel corn idea and wanted to call it Ots Pops. And I had an idea of how, cause I do indie pop. I'm like, well, I want to call it indie pop. And then every flavor should be a kind of pop music. So we started Ots Pops indie pop. So caramel corn is dream pop. Like folk pop is like a savory vegan nutritional yeast synth pop is chocolate strawberry and cayenne go on um holiday <laughs> pop is actually chocolate mint i should have brought you Ooh. some because i'm going to have it at the show friday i'll be there okay yeah <laughs> I, got, I got nothing going on friday night i'll be there yeah so and then there's remix pop which is when you mix the cheese corn and the caramel corn and then there's cheesy pop which oh, is cheese yeah yeah, yeah. I'm listening. and um yeah and so you did all these and so you market them you bag them are they available in stores regionally locally oh if you knew how, how you long your hands it takes on... us to oh, make no, it I know. yeah I'm, I'm you sure, know it's I'm so sure. funny and to make any kind of real volume of it i can't imagine the endeavor involved but like you're literally making my mouth water right now and so They're i'm wondering really good. how do i get my freaking hands so on it, Lizzie. So you go to otspops.com, O-T-T-S-P-O-P-S, otspops.com. Uh-huh. What we're doing is that basically like every Sunday we put up six packs because it's, we're just starting out. We don't, you know, we're figuring our thing out. So this, if at, six pack is like forty nine ninety nine, but literally it, like it takes us like, like an entire week like working like five hours every night to even make 25 six packs. Oh, like yes. it's, I was in there two nights ago like till t- 11 o'clock like <laughs> 
bagging popcorn. Like, oh my God, what have I done? <laughs> so you're telling me... So you can one, order it online. Yeah. One of the great singer-songwriters of our generation is also up for six hours into the middle of the night bagging up popcorn. I, yeah, I am. Yeah. But you know, I find that kind of work, and then even cleaning the kitchen afterwards, mm-hmm. it's like we rent a commercial kitchen. Yeah. We we bought a store, but we have... It's a long story. That's right. Um, we, bought a, we bought a storefront, but there's a lot of complications right now of trying to figure out how to get like a kitchen into it. So we're trying to actually have our own like storefront and we're going to call it pop culture. But see, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. <laughs> are we going to lose? Are we going to lose Lissy the musician to Lissy the popcorn entrepreneur? No, because, you know, I think part of what I want to do with Ots Pops is like I want to create something that could maybe even create careers for other people. OK, like in good careers. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, I know what you mean. You know, and like then my main focus, and because hopefully I'll have success with my music, I can like kind of have a little bit of that flexibility to kind of also be investing in this other thing that is really just, I mean, and who knows? I, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but <laughs> Diane and I are having a ton of fun and it's it's been a nice thing for both her and I, I think, in this like weird time in the world to have something really simple and fun and sweet and like and creative and joyful and kind of just silly like popcorn you know why not <laughs> no, 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 popcorn. No. popcorn is not silly popcorn is delicious <laughs> I, love and yeah. I love the themes i love the name and having listened to the canadian band metric literally for 12 hours yesterday the idea of synth pop and you said it's chocolate strawberry and cayenne yeah so i was like thinking of something originally it's kind of a long story because so i had made some popcorn for uh, this like writing camp and when you get a song in a tv show it's called a sink mm-hmm. and so i had made some sink pop and i was thinking like drama like dark chocolate yeah. strawberries chocolate and strawberries like romance and like mm-hmm. cayenne yeah. a little spicy oh yeah so it was originally that was like the sink pop flavor um but then we we had that one and it was so good we're like no one knows what sink pop is if they're not in the biz so we'll change it to synth pop, but I still thought it's because synth pop's dramatic, you know. Oh, yeah. it sure is. Yeah, so yeah. it's kind of that drama—the chocolate, strawberry, <laughs> spicy, like. You sh- you're right, Lizzie. When you said before, you should have brought some. You should have brought some. <laughs> really sorry, know, right? I'm so hey, sorry. no, no. Before we go any further, I want to talk about what your musical future looks like. I want to talk about this European tour you're doing early next year. But first, we've gone too long without hearing music. Now, you brought an artist to bear. Why I ask every single guest to pick songs. I love learning, right? I, I've never been one of those guys who's like, oh, yeah, I totally know who that is. Or like, oh, I was into their early stuff. I don't know anything about Maddie. Tell me who, who this person is. Um, Maddie is someone like I've known of for a long time, friends of friends. Um, I know her manager and I over just the last year kind of gotten to know her. I wrote a song with her and she's like seriously amazing. This album of hers, like your jaw will drop. Like, I mean, she is incredible. She's an incredible voice. She's an amazing writer. She's written a lot of songs for other people and, um, has put out music before, you know, this album. But this to me really just feels like. Uh, this album in in its totality is just one of the most like raw, like real, just it's called History of a Feeling is the album. It's just brilliant. She's incredible. I've never not been good at beginnings good at undressing better at feeling better at trusting i've never not been all of a sudden all of me shutting down 
Absolutely beautiful. Again, I do not. I've never, literally never heard, despite the fact that she's been making music since 2007, I've never heard Maddie Diaz's name before today. And that was wonderful. How did you, how did you come to meet her? Um, well, I mean, I think she's just, she's super cool. I mean, it's like, if you haven't heard of her, it's probably cause like she wasn't trying that hard for you to hear about her. That's the impression I get. I don't right. know her that well, Okay, but she's just so undeniably talented and has written songs for other people and toured with lots of great bands. And right. yeah, I don't know her super well, but we wrote t- a song together, uh, through zoom during the pandemic, um, because of a mutual friend and, um, yeah. we, and She's, you know, kind of have some people in common kind of vibes. Um, And so I I have a new record that'll be coming out next year. So we wrote a song together. Which we're going to talk about momentarily. Before we wrap up with Lissy, because she's busy. All right. She's got people coming into town. She's got things to do. Olive Olive is only going to be so tolerant about hanging out here in the Smart Start MN studio. Sean, you are a realtor for Edina Realty 50th in France. I am. What's going on? It's busy, actually. I'm petting a dog over here right now. All of and I are having a moment, so you tell people about what you're up to. 
Uh, it's just been busy uh, helping a friend buy a lake place right now. Another friend is listing right over by Minnehaha Falls. A lot of people are just planning out next year right now and wondering what they want to do. Uh, I am going to continue what we did through the pandemic. Uh, we're going to keep it going where a portion of every buy and sell goes to a local artist or musician of your choice. So if you've got somebody that you know that you think you could help, we're going to keep doing that again. I don't know why I would stop doing it. And the other cool thing is the local musicians are just so grateful for it. And it's been really cool to kind of watch their reaction as we send money their way via Venmo or whatever else. So if you know somebody who's looking to buy or sell, 612-859-2594, that number is also textable. This Friday, December 10th, Lissy does a holiday winter's eve and apparently is going to be rocking a jumpsuit that's going to make her look like Aaron Rodgers from Buck Rodgers in the 25, or Aaron Gray, rather, from uh, Buck Rodgers in the 25th century, which I'm excited about. I, between that, that allure, the quality of your music, the sort of almost impossible, incalculable energy of your live performance, and the possibility of really, really good caramel corn that my friend will not stop talking about, I'm going to be there on friday and there are still tickets available people can find out more now there may be something that pops up between now and then i'll get what i did there popcorn pops up. Like yeah. yeah. thank yeah. you yeah you're wow, welcome that's good. That's uh, good late later. next march uh 2022 into early april provided the world cooperates and we can get rid of omicron or whatever the hell is happening right now you are going on a five-day tour of norway specifically do they love you in norway well they've been good to me in norway yeah. you know i haven't been there in a couple years which is really a bummer because it's such a beautiful place and I've just had so much fun getting to go there at least once if not twice sometimes three times a year for the past you know decade right um yeah so you know the plan is to put a new record out next year and because of kind of the backlog of people who were supposed to tour and didn't and the rescheduling and all of that I think my team and I too thought you know let's maybe just be smart and sort of wait until there's new music out to really like get this tour routed but in the meantime these these uh, shows came up in norway that you know this opportunity came up to play over there and um my original bandmates eric and lewis if you'll recall who played the oak on the water back in the day yeah so they lewis actually lives in norway now oh um so i think like i'm reuniting with them and then uh two norwegian musicians that i've played with over the years as well so i'm gonna kind of put together this new sort of band for these norway shows head over there in march and we're gonna do some Norway shows and one London show and and that'll be kind of dipping the toe back in the water. Which is genius. Well, I love that. And I, I noticed that the first show was in Bergen and I was like, how come that is, sounds so familiar to me? And one of the greatest acoustic duos of all time, I'm not even going to say of the relatively modern era of all time, Kings of Convenience are from Bergen. And that that debut release of theirs, Quiet as the New Loud, will forever be one of my favorite releases of all time. Oh, wow. I guess I didn't realize they were Norwegian. They or are. maybe I did, and I totally spaced that. You should totally look them up while Okay, I will. Uh, uh, yeah. You have new music on the way, and I don't want to bury the lead, uh, but before we let you go, because I know you've got some other things to tackle, you have new music. You've been writing. You've been recording. I don't know how far back any of this music goes. I don't know if you wrote it all yesterday. I'm not sure what the deal is. But when are we going to get new Lissy? Yeah, so like last November, up until just last week, I went to L.A. for a couple days. Um, I've just sort of in little chunks been writing and recording in L.A. and Nashville, you know, maybe a few days here, a few days there throughout Mm -hmm. the last like year. Um, And as of last week, like I have 12 songs and I think all the vocals are done and um, 
there's one song that like the lyrics are not quite right and we're sort of in that position do we do we finish it or do we not not put it on the record so. are you are you right now without trying to ask are you asking sean and i for our help because yeah. I mean, we, are need, we, we are here we are here <laughs> yeah you know i mean it's gotten to that point where it's like somebody tell us what the lyrics should be because i'm losing perspective um see that's hard for me to believe like so like when you're like i've got 12 songs that might be okay and every single record of yours i've heard anytime i've seen you live i'm like this is someone in the full command of her powers so it's i mean i guess that we all doubt and we all wonder and we all question and we all strive right but no it's well, just... i was i do i feel i feel great about these songs okay, i'm good, not trying good. to understand i right. feel really proud of the the songs that I've made, I think there's a lot of emotion. There's a lot of honesty. There's like, I think I take you kind of through, I've never really made a record over such a long period of time. I usually just like get the songs together and do, do it all in like the same kind of season of my life. But this is kind of stretched over like a, you know, a year. So, um, so yeah, no, I'm super excited and proud of it. So basically long story short, I think like it should be kind of like mixed by, by the end of the year. So I have to ask you if you're yeah. going to be acting again, because my wife and I love the show Louder Milk, and you were in the last season of Louder Milk. I was. And Did you, you know, have fun? I had so much fun. Yeah. I I don't consider myself an actor, but I know Peter Farrelly uh, yeah. became a friend when I lived out in Ojai, California, him and his wife, and he had hit me up one day and was like, hey, I'm... I think you should. I'm mean, write this part of this like singer girl in in this show, Louder Milk, with Ron Livingston. Yeah. That's an amazing show, but it had been on Direct TV, and I didn't have Direct TV, so I didn't know it. Um, but then I got to watch it, and like, wow, this is so cool and funny and moving and um, irreverent, and just like loved the show. And had told him like, I don't know if I really can act or not, and he's like, You're gonna be fine. And so <laughs> I tried it, and I did it, and people said I did okay. You did so. great, and you didn't <laughs> overact, which is a tendency with people mm. that aren't used to acting. So it was really fun to to see it. You had one of my favorite lines. Let's see if you remember your line. So the coffee shop scene where the this tall jackass barista or whatever is it. What is it when it's a male? Still yeah, barista? I think still barista. Okay. I think that's uh, so he I will think that's not, gender neutral. He will not give Sam Loudermilk just hot water. He's like, I have the tea bags myself. I just need some hot water. He's like, we can't do that. <laughs> yeah. No, it was like, a really, it was like, a very like Larry David moment. Almost. <laughs> it was totally yeah. Larry. It yeah. was exactly what it was. Yeah. And he's like, we can't do it because you could throw it in somebody's face. And he's like, well, you could do that with hot coffee. Finally, you kind of <laughs> lose it on the guy. And finally, he's like, all right, I'm going to. I'm going to do it just this one time. And you say, oh, your I, character says. Yeah, I said something about like, th- thanks for looking the other way, Schindler. Yeah. Or something yeah. Like oh my that. God. And I, totally, <laughs> and I totally lost it because the guy steps away and I totally lost it. So yeah. I was like, please bring her back if they I'm do a next season. I'm glad that landed. Cause it I, totally landed because you, know. you were so dry with it. Like you didn't try to oversell it. You just were really dry. You're like, thanks for looking the other way, Shinar. You know, kind of just straight ahead, which yeah. is so good. So yeah, no, super it was fun. um, it was definitely a huge honor and just yeah. super cool to be a part of. Everyone made me super comfortable. That's and great. Was you know, it, I, I definitely was like, am I doing good? I don't yeah. know. But you know, then Peter was even like, we'll edit. It will edit it. It'll look yeah. good. You know. 
Kind of like with this podcast. You'll edit yeah, it. You'll make me it. sound no. good. No. We'll, we'll fix it in post. Yeah. We fix yeah. it in post. That's what we do. You've got new music on the way coming early in the new year. You are living life, moving on in a new relationship down in Iowa. And you've got a show on Friday at the Parkway Theater. Um, this has been a real honor. I'm a huge fan. So I've tried not to geek out very much while you're here. But I'm going to fail if we go on much longer. So we're going to wrap up the show. All right. Well, th- it's always, I mean, I'm a fan of yours. So it's always a pleasure to get That's to That's too weird. Never say that out loud again. <laughs> to get to see you. And um, great, great meeting yeah, you, great Sean. Meeting and you. hopefully Please I'll keep see you. Music. Yeah. Yeah, Thank absolutely. You. I don't know how soon the record could come out, but it will be out. It's almost done. So sometime next year, brand new music. Fabulous. Well, and we will stay on top of it and we'll let people know. And when you drift through town, if you would be kind enough to come by the Smart Start MN studio, we would be honored. I would love it. I would okay. love Maybe it. bring the guitar next time. I could. I Possibility. bring the guitar. I bring Olive, of course, oh, as well. Oh, sweet she, Olive, by the way. Who always have to bring her. Olive. I find that animals, not universally, but animals largely reflect the personality and the demeanor of the companions, oh. the, the human companions they have. Olive's sweet as hell. I mean, so Olive is, is large, but <laughs> Olive is very, very sweet. Uh, thank you very much, Lissy. Before oh, we, we cut you you're loose. You're so welcome. Thank uh, you. Tell me why you chose this final song right here, because I've heard it before. And again, this particular guy is not my number one choice, but I'm not mad at him. I got nothing against him. Why did you pick this particular song? I feel like I heard this when I was like a pretty little kid and it was like the first time I sort of thought I kind of could maybe understand like what this like idealized romantic love was. You know, it's like I yeah. it I can't even it just like to me always seemed like the most like the sweetest most romantic song of like what it must be like to be like a teenager in love, you know? <laughs> it's a cover, like, too. It's a cover of a oh, 50s song. Yeah, yeah, it is. But I I think I learned it through the Phil version. Oh, yeah. Much and slower then, than the other version. The other one's weird. Yeah. It's like, me and you got a groove. You know, it's like we way got... too... <laughs> yeah. But too no, I just all through my life, like anytime I hear it, I mean, it's a little cheesy, but I just think this is a really sweet, romantic, idealized love song, and it, it always gets me. Please follow her at Lissy.com. Check her out at the Parkway Theater on Friday night and keep your eyes and ears open early in 2022 for some new music. We'll let you know exactly when. Lissy, thank you very much. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you so Thanks much. again. My pleasure. Close to me, I can feel. 
Thank you.